From here on Earth 616 to the multiverse, this is the Marvel Guys Podcast. Your number one source for everything Marvel. Reviews, characters, comic books, new releases. It's all right here. Now, let's welcome your hosts, Jordan and Spencer. Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my co-host, Spencer. How are we doing today? We're doing fantastic. It's a little nice outside. Got the sun out. It's hot, but it's nice. I like it. It is a beautiful day, and it is a wonderful time to be on this earth, which houses many of the topics we're going to be discussing today. And we are going to kind of section this episode into two areas. There are earth gods, pantheons of earth gods, and there are also cosmic deities, which we would either call gods um, or they have godlike powers. Hmm. So we are going to start with pantheons of earth gods and move our way up to the more powerful uh, deities that we know in the Marvel Universe. So when when you think of gods within Marvel, what what comes to mind initially? And maybe since you have a comic background, what do you think you were first introduced into? I think first of all, I think as far as gods, like what do I think of when I think of Marvel gods? I immediately go to like Odin, Thor, uh, Ares, those people for sure. Uh, you can throw Galactus in there as well. Um, yeah, I think that those are the, the first few people that I kind of think of. Um, but I think more recently, a lot of people that are probably listening to this would probably think of Khonshu right now, just because of right. the popularity of Moon Knight and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I'm in a, a similar place where there's cosmic deities and gods out there that are almost so far removed from our ability to kind of comprehend their powers that it it's always made more sense to kind of work your way up and start with gods such as you know thor and loki and you know people like that that we kind of actually have a relation to in the real world um of our you know we we might study a greek god or a norse god or something in school Mm. and so that is kind of where we get to begin because a lot of these gods that you're going to hear about have been introduced into the MCU either directly or indirectly. However, there are so many more out there that do exist within the comic uh, Marvel you know, stratosphere. Mm-hmm. We can't cover them all, and um, we're going to kind of section it out as best we can to make sure that we don't overlook anything. But also, if you guys want a uh, more detailed episode about any specific uh, segment of gods, please do let us know. Because this one will kind of be an introduction into who's out there. um, Do they exist within the MCU? What are their kind of stories and powers in the MCU? And what do we think could possibly come later uh, based on source material from the comics? So I think you can begin. I'll... I'll let you guys know kind of who Earth Gods, you know, are in the comics that we already have heard about in some capacity, which in alphabetical order starts from the Australian Gods. Um, 
And well, if it, it would be alphabetical order, if I could actually read all of these. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna avoid ten minutes of talking time trying to pronounce everything. Uh, beyond that, we have the Mayan gods, the Japanese gods, the Oceanic gods, the Incan gods, Mesopotamian gods, Norse gods, Hindu gods, Russian gods, Philippine gods, Egyptian gods, Northern gods, Finnish gods, Native American gods, Greek gods, Titans, Korean gods, uh, Turkish or Mongolian gods, Aztec gods, Irish gods, Celtic and British gods, the Triune, the West African gods, Chinese gods, the Persian gods, and then the young gods. Mm. So that is who we actually know of that exists um, as far as people who impact or are worshipped or are recognized on Earth 616. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we're going to begin. And from those, we obviously have some that exist in the MCU right now. And Really, the first one that was introduced to us in the MCU was the Norse gods, yeah, which is Thor and Loki. So, yeah. um, I would think the the easy hierarchy, and also of course Odin and Hela are in there. Um, they were both introduced uh, in due time. Odin obviously was a part of that first Thor movie, but got a little bit of a you know more sizable role until his death. Uh, what? What kind of level of power are we working with when we talk about Norse gods? Man, like when we look at Odin, like even in the MCU, like Odin is so, so powerful, like immensely powerful. Um, like it's, it's, and it's kind of crazy because like from what I remember, there's not like a specific like catalog where it just like details Odin's history and stuff like that. It's just kind of implied kind of like how it is in the MCU as well. Like where they're just like, Oh yeah, he's existed for thousands and thousands of years. And it's like defeated some of the biggest names you could even think of. Yeah. Like conquer of the nine realms. Yeah. Like dude, Odin, he's nothing to, to mess with in terms of gods like he's definitely to me like up there up there very close yeah i think it's fair to say when we start at kind of the lower level gods you're talking odin would probably be the top dog among yeah. all of these gods that we're going to sure. discuss For sure. um initially and yeah. i would think you'd probably even though hella is probably more powerful than thor he seems to gain the upper hand more often. So I would I would say that he technically would be um, more powerful than Hela and then Hela and then Loki, especially in the portrayal of, of the MCU. Loki yeah. is probably the puniest yeah. <laughs> god uh, that we've seen, which, uh, you know, it's okay because there's... He has traits that are, like, he's obviously the god of mischief. So, like, yes. he, he has traits where he can one-up pretty much anybody if he really put his mind to it it's like the but, god of point guards you know yeah it's, that's yeah. great yeah but like the god of centers yeah it's like <laughs> you know yeah so they have their place uh and those are gods that we're we're fully aware of and they've pretty pretty much been fully fleshed out there are other gods uh within the asgardian family mostly within um the odinson uh, family tree now technically in the mcu 
the Asgardians are pretty much referenced as gods in general. However, for the purpose of this topic, that's a little too much. So right. um, they are gods in the way that was described in the MCU where their science is our religion, you mm-hmm. know? So they're not really technically gods in the grand scheme of things. Uh, things, uh, And there is a fair argument to say that um, Odin, Thor, Hela, and Loki, in their own way, when you ex- really zoom out, don't really qualify as gods either. Mm-hmm. But in the Earth sphere, they absolutely are. It's kind of like Eternals, too, to that same point. Because you, when you watch like the Eternals movie in particular, like there's so many things where like you have like legends that are told from generations and generations ago of humans of like Athena and Icarus and all of these stories that were passed down, like those uh, you know in, in the Marvel sphere, those were people at one point that just lived for forever. Yeah. So, yeah, I. I I would agree that, like, yeah, you can't really. There's certain ones you just kind of have to like not tie in to that because that list would just get insane. And of all the gods that I read off earlier, keep in mind, we have only reached into three. Yeah. <laughs> of these uh, yeah. pantheons of gods, and we're just now getting into the third. So the second one that was really introduced to us. Um, was the Egyptian gods. Mm. And this is kind of a sector that, again, it's relevant to, you know, United States culture, to world culture, um, to mythology. These are characters that we've just started to get into um, with their kind of father being the creator, uh, Amon-Ra, mm-hmm. and him being kind of the embodiment of the sun and forced to live on the sun because he was not able to have an earthbound body, which these stories of Egyptian gods lead into the story of Moon Knight, which is where they cannot physically be on earth, really. So they need avatars of some sort to do their bidding, whether it's uh, good or bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is very interesting because we only like just barely touched the surface of what the the, the like the list of Egyptian gods that are out there like. Because we had what, like maybe three, four, in in Moon Knight. They hinted at at some in the in the tomb, but mm-hmm. yeah, we you we only got saw the Tower, uh, Towerette, however you want to pronounce it, um, Khonshu, and then um, what was it? Uh, oh man, names. <laughs> Hero's Hero's yeah. leader. Yeah. Uh, Amit. Oh my God, Amit. Amit. Yeah. Nice save. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've only got to know, like, or at least see. Like a few of them, we got yeah. to see the um, the avatars for them, obviously, and not like council right. scenes and That's stuff correct. like that. But it's also like, I don't think that they were really explained. No, like it was. It, was it wasn't rushed. Yeah, it wasn't like they introduced them one at a time. It was like, oh, this is like, like <laughs> NBA starting five or something like that. Like, oh, this yeah. is the, you know, avatar of so and so. It's like they're just kind of implied. So, and well, and Kanchu is incredibly powerful in the MCU. Yeah, but. I mean, when we're talking Ra and Osiris and Anubis, like we haven't even reached the no. highest level of these Egyptian gods, let alone all these other pantheons of gods that we have to get to eventually. And when you look at like Moon Knight in particular, right? Because he's pulling from he's pulling from power from Kanchu, right? Moon Knight, the character, is 
insanely powerful and has like potential to be crazy powerful in the MCU. Like when you're talking about like him getting power from the moon, right? Yeah. Like if there's a full moon, if the moon isn't like he's at his fullest potential. But now that we're in the multiverse now too, if he so chose, like he could harness power from multiple moons. There's a lot more moons like than there are suns too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, like he he's very powerful, very, very powerful. So um, and that's not even including like Mark Spector and, you know, the 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 actual identities like their own like power set yeah but like yeah they, they're they're crazy powerful well and with Ra being the the most powerful and um the creator and kind of the the zeus that we'll, we'll touch on in a second mm-hmm. uh the sun knights you know or the sorry the sun warriors uh have always been kind of this huge threat and you know just presence that the moon knights were really kind of created to maybe be a protective service for you know so where there's uh a a sun warrior then there is a moon knight which makes complete sense when you look further into it Mm -hmm. it really is kind of an awesome story and i'm a little bit surprised that they didn't lead a little bit of that into moon knight to give us even more historical background yeah i know and like there's so much that's like this is where it's kind of crazy like because we've talked about this a lot with like the difference between the comics and the mcu and stuff like that like in the comics you're just allowed to do so much more that you really can't i feel like in the mcu so there's a lot of these gods and a lot of these people that are you know they're they may be even like very minimal characters within marvel comics but they're at least there that we may not get at all in the MCU. Like there's so many, but it's also like so cool because it's like, man, like these, they exist, like they're acknowledged, you know? So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. I feel like Moon Knight, Moon Knight was very like, um, centered around Amit and Kanju and like their balance, you know? Um, but we, yeah, we 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 didn't even get like to touch on the other gods within the Egyptian mythology. So like, I'm curious to see if they even do that in season two. It seems like it's very more like grounded. You know what I mean? Like it's more um, more like a daredevil kind of a, mm-hmm. a thing. So and we gotta get a season two first. Yeah, we I'm gotta open. get a season two. It so makes so much sense. Yeah. I think they left off in a place where you could easily set up a season two as well. But yeah, I'm very curious to see if they even go back to Egypt, anything. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I think they have to. <laughs> an, an extension of the Egyptian gods. Um, one of those being Bast, uh, mm-hmm. which is a daughter of uh, Ra. And that becomes obviously the Panther goddess of Wakanda, which kind of starts Wakanda um using the you know purple herb and so that if you're wondering why don't wakandans have their own pantheon it is actually an extension of the egyptian pantheon that does grow but that was kind of bestowed upon them due to the powers of of the panther goddess which is explained in the first 
part of uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And we may get more into that because uh, Bast was referenced uh, in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And so was Wakanda and so was the astral plane. So we'll see uh, We'll see if they you know, dive a little deeper into there. And I think Black Panther 2 is actually a really good place to expand a little bit more on the gods that exist on Earth. Because I feel like when we're getting into Namor, I've been reading reports on Namor uh, and what his portrayal could be like in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like they're kind of maybe skittish or at least like not willing to make him the king of Atlantis. Sorry. Uh, so we could be looking at like um, like a Hispanic god kind of a storyline where there's another, basically like another Wakanda that exists out there. Kind of similar to Atlantis, but it's maybe tied into like Hispanic culture. Um and I think that that's kind of cool. Like we're getting more, we're getting into these like God tier things. We I remember uh, when we got to like the end of Endgame and stuff like that, and Kevin Feige was like talking about like the expansion of what's to come. You know, obviously it was like kind of centered more around space, but like on Earth, like we're getting into super, super, super powerful people. Right. Like Mephisto's out there somewhere. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, we'll get Mephisto, I'm sure, yeah. as well. But like, Eventually. there's so many that we just didn't really get exposed to yet, and I think it's coming. So, and when you go one more turn on the meter here, mm-hmm. the third group of gods that we see uh, in the MCU, which is about to be introduced, is the Greek gods of uh, Mount Olympus. Yeah. So that starts with Zeus. It goes down to, you know, there's Hela, um, there's uh, Ares. There's, yeah, I mean, every everything you've ever um, pretty much known with Greek and Roman mythology, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it starts here in, in Marvel. So, um, yeah, kind of as we're getting into these Greek gods, what's um what's one of the standouts for you what what do you think of when you think of these greek gods what's what's in your mind here so we know zeus is in thor right this to me is the dawning and the beginning of Ares in the mcu i i totally feel like this is going to happen i think that this is how it's going to play out i think gore is probably going to kill zeus i think we both agree on that but I think that also at the same time, this is maybe where Ares shows up. And man, if Ares shows up, like, oh gosh, this is gonna be crazy. Because yeah. he is awesome. I love Ares. He's he's amazing. Um There's a lot of people speculating Ares would be the bad in this fourth Thor movie for quite a while until it was announced that it was Gore. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's kind of I don't know, man. I just if we get Ares in the MCU, man, I'm going to freak out. That's going to be pretty cool, man. I, I'm very, very excited because I think that this yeah. is the prime opportunity and it's the right story to tell, yeah. you know, because if you have Gore, the God Butcher, going around killing gods and he kills Zeus, like yes. this is how you introduce that character. And and we talk about this a lot too, like make me care about a character when you bring them in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you execute that very well. You kill off Zeus, who's played by Russell Crowe, who's like a phenomenal actor, bring in Ares. And you immediately have some sort of like feeling between you and Ares. So 
I agree. I believe Ares is on his way. Um, I had Hela on the mind earlier, by the way. Hera is the wife of Zeus, um, mm-hmm. who he treats pretty badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not the most empowering role ever. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but Zeus is a fascinating character. Um, mm-hmm. Ares is definitely, it, it's like near the top of the list of cool characters to introduce to the MCU, period. Um, but in the Greek mythology, the, definitely uh, the god of war. How could you go wrong with that? And right. he's always trying to overturn, you know, Zeus's power and usurp power from everybody. Um, and then the secondary character that I think I have often said I'd like to see in the MCU, and, and you agreed to a point, is Hercules, yeah. um, which is like what's cool about Hercules uh, when it comes to the MCU is that he gives you that vain. Stark, Quill, Thor, like he's very confident. Mm-hmm. And so the interactions perhaps between him and Thor would be awesome to see. Um, I wouldn't rule out, you know, as we've discussed, um, Ares, yeah, becoming a villain uh, very soon that's prevalent in the MCU and Hercules using, you know, Thor or probably Thor at this point um, to help kind of destroy Ares. yeah you know it, it helps to have that family tie whenever you have villainy um so i think it's very possible that we see a family dynamic uh with one of the greek gods becoming a villain and if, if not zeus if he dies here then Ares would be the most obvious character so yeah from what you know in your like english class from high school a lot of it actually is quite similar yeah um a lot of the stories are basically the same uh, Hercules, you know, strangled the two snakes. Like the, these things are all kind of in the stories and it, it really stems from the already pre-built history, which is something Marvel tends to do. So yeah, it's really cool. If you're ever more interested in the Marvel side of Greek, uh, lore, it's, you've already got a pretty good base just from growing up in, in, or on earth, I should say. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a cool subject. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's about as much as we should go into that because yeah, there's yeah. a lot more to come within For Thor sure. and even with Gore the God Butcher when we discuss him. I did like what you were talking about having like Ares as like a like a villain or like an anti-hero version, and then like you kind of have Hercules as kind of like this very like typical yeah. like kind of hero character goes on super their own macho that you don't really love him, but he yeah. has a good heart. It's like Captain America or like Cyclops, you know what I mean? Like they have their own like self-righteousness about yeah. them, but they're also just like really cool. And but what's then, great about Hercules as a hero is he is fairly mortal. You yeah, know? like there yeah. are really high stakes with him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But then like you know. The opposite would be, you know, Ares, you know, in that he's very, um, he just does what he wants. Yeah. Kind of. He's cunning. Yeah. He does do the right thing, but, you know, from time to time. But, like, yeah, it's very, he's easily like the Magneto, if you're you're familiar with the X-Men, especially the X-Men movies. Like, he's very much like the Magneto. Like, he does the good thing here and there, but, like, at the end of the day, he's still kind of like, hmm. Yeah, he's Loki kind of like has an some of that. Yeah, Loki has some of that as well. So, and yeah, it's just there's so much cool stuff there with the Greek gods that I think, I think they're going to explore it even more. I mean, imagine we've we've done 12 years of Norse mythology now. Mm-hmm. So, um, Egyptian and where's my certificate? Greek. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Egyptian and Greek seems to be the next two, which is fantastic. And 
I mean, look at how many pantheons we have. Think about how much content there is. Yeah. Um, if we get the uh, the Aztecs or you know Japanese or or wherever we go with this, um, it's really fantastic. So I I can't wait to see where they go with uh, the stories of these gods. Yeah. Um, but we're still on Earth for a little bit here. Uh, we do have uh, Mother Earth, which mm. is one of the most powerful gods in all of goddom. Um, Gaia, which is a, a very powerful character in the comics. We have not really seen ref- referenced in the MCU. Uh, do you see a way to sneak her in? And at what level of power do you think she could have within this Marvel Cinematic Universe? I would say, I don't know. I I think it's very, it's very weird. I think it's very unlikely that we see it in the MCU, but it is possible purely because of uh, incursions, stuff like that. You could get into a, a, a scene where maybe she comes to like, you know, the forefront of, you know, whoever is deciding what to do during the event of an incursion. I love that. You know what I mean? That could be totally a thing because Gaia would be trying to protect. She would be protective yeah. of the earth. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it speaks again. That's pretty and, cool. Yeah. And I, and I talk about this quite a bit. I mean, if you haven't by now read Hickman's Avengers, I think it's important that you do, especially given the circumstances after multiverse of madness and what could be coming. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a very plausible thing because it's like, you know, you have that similar scene in the comics, you know, like T'Challa is unwilling to kill off billions of people. And we saw in Multiverse Madness, Doctor Strange in the 838 did because it was, you know, he felt like it was the right thing to do to save his people. But in the comics, T'Challa is conflicted and he doesn't want to. But then he goes to the ancestral plane and Bast and everyone is like, all right, well, if you don't, you're not welcome here when mm-hmm. you die. That's really cool, man. Like that's, that's really cool. So I think if, if we were to get Gaia, like that would kind of, I think that's how it would go. I w- yeah. I would love to see that. I, I love that um, idea. And I mean, when it comes to straight raw power, yeah. Uh, as far as the earth goes, she's about as high as it gets. So mm-hmm. um, it would take a little while to get there. Um, but keeping in mind that earth is not where everything stops. Um, however, some may argue that this God is actually the most powerful, uh, earth God. And that is Yahweh, the Judeo Christian yes. God, yes. um, which is worshiped and prayed to by many on our planet earth. And there's no exception to that in the Marvel uh, universe. So, this is the typical God that you would know and love um, from, you know, our real life, but portrayed in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're Christian, you've already kind of known everything about it pretty much. That's the creator. It's the monotheistic kind of God that we kind of already know exists. Like there's really yeah. only one God and that one God created everything and stuff like that. Like, and I would assume, yeah, that, that it already exists within the MCU. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, because uh, you have the Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah, you know, there's only one God. You know, like that's that totally exists. And Peter already. Quill, what am I supposed to say? Jesus. Yeah, right. So he right. definitely exists, and yeah, you know, given it's this weird form of like, yeah, if you believe in a God, then it's real. If you don't believe in a God, then like, it's the same thing in Marvel, mm-hmm. but. 
the thing is, in Marvel, he's real. Like, yeah. there yeah. is a God that yeah. created everything. Yep. And he's real. So it kind of goes to show the same thing that we've said is that we now realize that everything in Marvel is canon with gods. So they all exist within their own plane. The thing that's interesting and curious, though, is how do these clash? You know what I mean? Like, with the, especially with the Celestials and what we were told of the existence of galaxies, universes within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you would almost assume that they are God. Like, they are yeah. the gods. Like, because they created everything. They're the creator. Right. But it's like, well, there's a God that exists, too. So, and it, you know, it's almost like... um, It's hard. Yeah, because it's like, uh, you know, well, to, to put it into relative terms, it's like, you know, on Earth, you know, we have you know, a belief of God, right? But you also have all of these different religions that refer to God as something different yeah. than what other would what others would. And they follow different rules than what others do. Um so I would assume that it's like kind of similar in that nature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the power levels between those kinds of things, like, you know, the celestials or God or uh, you know, Gaia I, I feel like they would be kind of similar in that vein because it's like they're all kind of doing something similar mm-hmm. in a sense of like protection or creation. Um, I think of those three that I listed off, like Celestials, God, Gaia, I think Gaia would probably be the, the least powerful of mm-hmm. those three just because she's not a creator. She's a protector, but like, yeah, yeah I think... And then obviously, too, like in the MCU, you have this uh, knowledge of a big bang. So there's also this clash of like, you know, that science is real, but also, you know, you have gods that exist. Yeah. And well, and ever since Captain America and the story with the Tesseract and them realizing there's like this alien power source. Right. The MCU is operating at a different um, discovery level as us. So, I mean, technically, like whether you believe in extraterrestrials or not, our our power, our story is limited to one planet, just one. Mm -hmm. So Earth is all and everything. So basically, in essence, our our governments, our celebrities are the celestials. They are the uh, mythological creatures because they're the ones like, who is Michael Jordan to some people? He's like this (laughs) god-like entity. Exactly. Um, You know, artists, musicians, movie stars, all these people that you will never see in your life or interact with, what's the difference mm-hmm. between them and the the Thor, the Loki, uh, the Zeus, the Hades, all these characters that we've come to associate with myth- mythology? If a tree falls on a forest but nobody's there to hear it, does it fall? You know, right. it's, it's really kind of a, a difficult question um, when you look deeper into it. And, you know, like when you were looking at a book and it's or or not even a book like you get a dollhouse and you open the dollhouse and there's like six rooms and three floors or whatever and you can see all the rooms when you open it up like you slice into a cake but they can't see anything from outside their own room yep we are looking at marvel with the knowledge of everything because we get to zoom out Earth in Marvel only knows Earth up until they are, uh, you know, attacked by aliens. So they were operating at the same level. If we tomorrow 
see an alien spaceship and they tell us there's so much more out there, that is like Avengers 1. That's yeah. where they're starting to realize there's more out there. So it's it's really you got to kind of like an onion, just peel it back layer by layer and see you know what's true and what's not. Because if in our reality, say God 100% exists, we still don't know <laughs> for a fact yeah. because we can't see it. It's not tangible. So that's the difference between the earth that we currently live in, which is basically Earth 616. There's no actual difference other than we don't see super superheroes flying around. Right. Um, but the difference is that we don't get the – we've seen the end, basically, of all of existence for Marvel. You yeah. Know, we've already reached the end. We get to read past the, the book, the page that we're on. Mm-hmm. So – it's a privilege, you know, and it's the same thing that could be said for like the Bible, or or whatever. Like you have a be- pure beginning, you have a pure ending, like, right? And you've seen it, and you've read it. It's explained, you know. It's very explained. That's that's a good point. Um, and uh, you know, it th- that same kind of principle, it kind of borders on like arrogance in some, you know, set of like imagination as far as like okay, like it aliens exist. You know what I mean? Like that was hundred percent sure. Hundred percent sure. the The problem with aliens, for what we know, is that we don't see them, right? Right, right, right. So our initial thoughts of aliens, and you see this in film, you see this in everything that has ever been, you know, a, a pop culture relevant or anything in movies, TV shows. Aliens are portrayed as what? Bipedal, Bipedal like humanoids. Humanoids, right? With huge heads, There's huge a term eyes. For that, I forget. Right? Um, that's not an alien. It's not likely. It, it's not likely. Could it could be. Yeah, for sure. It could be. But, you know, an alien by mere definition could be like a microscopic organism that lives on like Venus or something. Right. That you know what I mean? In the oceans of, of Mars. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's very, um, but yeah, like you said, our perception of what's around we us influences everything that we know. So, like, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we have no clue. And if we ever do start discovering extraterrestrials, there's a good chance we're on our way to some of the next creatures that we're going to be discussing, if you can even call them creatures, which some you absolutely cannot. Um, it's time to get into the cosmic uh, deities and gods and beings. Mm. Um, where would you like to start? Because there's so much. I would say let's start at a lower power level, but... Maybe something either in the comics or the MCU that you think is a good place to kind of get our bearings. I don't really know where you would begin because they are just so, so immensely powerful. Um, I mean, Galactus is technically a god. Um, so I guess you could start there. You yeah, have Galactus eternity. is kind of dependent on other things happening. Yep which is probably why he wouldn't be in the top level. No, because even in his power level, you know, Galactus in base form is like not very, he's powerful. He's very powerful, but like he's not crazy, crazy, crazy powerful. Like a God would be, you know, Um, uh, he takes like, you know, there's different forms of Galactus. You have the one where like he, is exposed to the phoenix force for instance right and we know about the phoenix force we know how powerful that is Which now is galactus has it pretty high on the gods list yeah. to treat the phoenix force as its own as being. its own yeah exactly so um and there's 
all kinds of stuff like that that exists out there as well. Like just like force entities. Let's like, start with one so. that we have seen in the MCU. Dormammu. Dormammu, yeah. Dormammu's a very powerful god, but I think in the grand scheme of things, he is on that first shelf of cosmic like entities because he controls a certain area. Mm-hmm. He has certain powers that only play in certain times, but is completely dependent on all these other massive beings that we'll discuss soon. Right. So, so far in the MCU, Dormammu was presented as a god that could not be defeated by Doctor Strange, could only be kind of tired out or yeah. outwitted. Um, and we are seeing a, I think this is the first time we've seen the Dark Dimension um, at the end of Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, obviously, Doctor Strange 1. So, is Dormammu, you think that's fair to place him in kind of a similar area as uh, Galactus? Yes. Um, yes and no. He's he's an interesting one because he is, like, immensely powerful. If he's out of that realm, you know, like, if, like, um, because basically in, at the end of Doctor Strange, he's basically saying, like, you're staying here forever. Like, you are pinned to this spot forever now. And you're not to have any influence on the outside world, whatever. So he's pinned to like that dark dimension. But if he ex- if if something happens and like Doctor Strange is in a position where, you know, similar to Multiverse of Madness, where he needed the Book of Vashanti to defeat Wanda, it was like if he's ever in that position where he needs that kind of power, he can break those rules and he can absorb that power. And now Dormammu is free. That's terrifying. That would be scary. That's terrifying. Have yeah. we seen that much in the comics? Yeah. Um, in fact, I think it was actually the same the same comic story, the Hickman Avengers, I believe. Uh, when faced with like the threat of the Beyonders, which are supremely powerful beings, um, I believe it was the Beyonders. I could be wrong. But Doctor Strange um, basically has to tap into like this evil version of himself in order to have the power to survive and win. And it's like this very strange, obviously a strange thing, because you have all of these dilemmas going on at once. You have like T'Challa who's unwilling to protect the people of Wakanda because he doesn't want to kill trillions. You have Tony Stark doing basically the same thing, he doesn't want to do that. Then you have people like Namor who are going around and setting free Thanos and the Black Order so that they can win, so that they can't, you know, like basically Namor sets them free and they go to the the, the universes that are collapsing on them and kill everyone before they even have a chance of collapsing on our universe. Uh, And then obviously Doctor Strange too. He's like, I don't have the power in my form right now so let me tap into the dark dimension. Let me tap into all of this like dark magic. And yeah, he loses himself in the process, but he becomes immensely powerful, like crazy powerful. So it, it, it's possible. I, I, I don't know if we would get that in the MCU because I have a strong feeling that we're probably finally going to get that fight between him and Mordo and Dr. Strange three. Um, if we get a Doctor Strange 3 movie, which I'm sure we will. But uh, I, I think that that's where that would, 
that would be the plot line of that story. And I don't think you would have to go to like a dark dimension or anything like that for uh, fighting Mordo. It's possible though. I think this would be a pretty good spot to introduce Arishim and the Celestials. Yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit about them, but would you like to expand a little bit? Those that saw Eternals got a, a nice, you know, start into the Celestials. They're, I mean, ultimately, they're, you know, basically creators and monitors, and they help seed life on planets. You know, that's mostly what they're here to do within the universe. But their level of raw power, though, can you kind of speak to if they're not just gardening, you know, mm-hmm. if they actually were threatened by somebody, wh- where would you place them among these these other beings? Man, um, so you see, like, Isan, He's, like, the other... So so far we've only seen Arisham, right? And Arisham's premise is like creation, in a sense. Like he like kind of creates universes, galaxies, whatever. Um, and he's also like the judge as well. So he judges whether like civilizations and stuff are worthy of living, and and we see that play out through Eternals. Like the only thing that Earth was even around for was to create another celestial yeah like that's <laughs> it a sad day when you realize yeah. you didn't actually have any worth right um and you know you get that little scene where like they're going to be judged if we get like an eternals 2 movie or whatever like um so it's very i i think they're extremely powerful but when you we have to go back i think to see some of their power Mm-hmm. You have to go back to like Guardians One, I think it or Guardians Two, maybe it was. You see Isan the Searcher, like, dude, he just wrecks an entire planet by like stepping on it. <laughs> like that's it. Like he just like puts his staff in the ground and the entire planet's just destroyed. Like that quick. So like Yeah, just So they're on a planetary level of power is probably the best way to put it. Yes, absolutely. They can destroy, they can destroy and create within planetary you know atmospheres and i gotta say i saw a um a tiktok recently that was kind of uh i thought it was kind of awesome to me it might have been funny to other people but i thought it was great um you know you have those like dc versus marvel things right and people kind of explain why certain people would be more powerful than others this person actually does a great breakdown as to why the silver surfer would basically like wreck anybody from dc purely based off of that like he can like create because he creates suns he creates universes and obviously he can destroy (laughs) so like when you're talking about silver surfer versus superman for instance for instance right superman's probably like the most powerful in dc would you assume or would it be like like of heroes yeah he's absolutely He harnesses his like most of his power from the sun. Well, Silver Surfer can easily destroy a sun because he can create a sun. So like now Superman is powerless. So now it's just Silver Surfer versus Clark Kent. Yes, <laughs> and it's like kind what of the annoying. Heck? So like he's so ungodly powerful, but then there's like these two small things that completely Kryptonite. stripped his yeah. powers away. You have a little crystal, a green it's like a crystal. cloudy day and <laughs> a green crystal. And a green crystal. <laughs> and he's screwed. Yeah, that's it. He's got nothing left. Yeah, he's just gassed. He's 48 minutes in an NBA playoff game. Like, <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think we'll see the rest of the Celestials? Um, I, yeah, we have to. Pretty soon? Yeah, we have to. And I think that it's purely because of how Eternals ended. You know, you're yeah. going to be judged. He takes right. them away. And you have uh, Eros. That they're going to go search for them, basically. So, right. Yeah. Do they convene as a group? Yeah. The Celestials? Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, in total, there's Erisham the Judge, Isan the Searcher, Har- Hargan the Measurer, Jemiah the Analyzer, N- Nazar the Calculator. You're probably pretty good at math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Communicator. So, um, good social worker. Yeah. But Tiamat yeah, was uh, destroyed. Ah. He's dead. I wonder if he'll. Or staved off. I don't know. in the MCU. Oh, is that that's, that's the, the one, one that was birthed? Like yeah. Oh, or whatever. Boy. So, that's why. Such so a huge deal. Struggling. He's that's <laughs> tough. He's, he's literally chilling in the ocean. Okay. So well, um, there are obviously plenty more to go. Uh, and by the way, one that um, I forgot to mention with the Asgardians, but it, it is relevant to bring up was Surtur. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. He would probably be, depending on the time period, either first or second after Odin. Oh yeah, yeah for he's, sure. He's yeah, a big dude. Um, yeah, and. Brings a, he brings Ragnarok. Right, so. and in a one-on-one with Hela, it's just, obviously, we've seen it. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Phoenix Force being, like, this sentient being of universal, like, life force, you know, it, it's it's kind of a god in its own way. It attaches yeah. itself to beings. and But beyond that, it kind of, like, it's like the, uh, what, flex seal? It kind of, <laughs> like... <laughs> repairs parts of of the uh the universe or the galaxy or whatever however you want to state it that really have no use anymore so in its own right it is a destroyer of things and a just a luminescence you know life picture you know it's pretty cool uh force that we haven't looked into much in the mcu um obviously with x-men took a a swipe at it Mm -hmm. um but it is something that can elevate a, a character in the future to absolute, you know, God with a capital G-like powers. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've seen it twice in the X-Men movies. Like, it's the... It's basically like they're Ragnarok in some capacity because Gene is... It's kind of weird because, like, they kind of portray Gene... You know, she's always kind of like unstable in that sense of like she's already kind of unstable with her powers for just a while. And then her getting wrapped up with the Phoenix Force and the Phoenix Force attaching itself to her like that just throws everything off kilter and she just destroys everything. Um, it, it's very, very, yeah, anything that gets like we talked about Galactus earlier, like Galactus becomes so freaking powerful yep. when he gets attached to like the Phoenix force. Um, he I believe the cosmic- survivor of a, a life ending event, yeah. like <laughs> because l- almost like yeah. life itself attached itself to Galactus. Like it's this crazy story. Yeah. Oh, and then you have people like the cosmic ghostwriter who are just like, stupid powerful already and they're just like oh here's some more power <laughs> you know like just to make it to where you basically like can't die not none of that it, it those kinds of characters are it, i don't know that's the that's the problem with a lot of this god tier stuff yeah 
is there's I no don't exact know. ranking. Yeah, and because of that, I don't know that it could properly be done in the MCU because no. that's way too powerful. You, How do you literally even... have to end in Stanley's yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah mess hall right <laughs> <laughs> mess hall I don't know like what does Stanley have yeah uh you know we talk about like wrestling and stuff like that because we're fans of it but like it's almost like you know this idea of how you've booked somebody so strong for so long that it's like okay well who's the next person to take that place and how do you even book that and you know you look at like current people like if people are fans of the product right now like if you look at the current wwe product you have roman reigns who's been booked so so powerful for like the last two three years that like yeah who beats him nobody like there's nobody that's believable i've I've got some some fun stuff for you here so we have so many cosmic gods that if we went down the list and covered each one it would take us another hour (laughs) um minimum so i know and trust that you have something to say about every single character that's left on this list oh god so (laughs) i'm going to not rapid fire but i'm going to give you a chance for a sentence a paragraph a thought an idea for each of these characters that is brought up okay um and and if i have a comment i'm going to throw it out there as well but these are all we're getting into in an area where it's hard to differentiate too much between some of these guys. And then we're going to reach the ultimate stage, which is just hard to comprehend. So uh, what okay. are your thoughts on Kathan? Ooh, ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, well, we saw what he did with Wanda. <laughs> so um, he's crazy crazy powerful it's going to be curious though to see how if he's even mentioned again i don't think he will be because he's so tied into the dark hold that and now dark holds in every multi in every universe are destroyed and so it's it's very weird i don't know that he'll be brought up again in the mcu but he is crazy powerful and you saw like a fraction of that power yeah. in multiverse of madness he's known so, to take over the the power of the scarlet witch so we yeah. saw uh, a hint of that uh previously mm-hmm. uh chronos chronos i'm kind of familiar with um not so much so immensely powerful initially but like in doing a little bit of uh uh, instructional information seeking for myself uh, it, it did it became apparent that it's not too dissimilar from um, Galactus in a way because when his body perished uh, his consci- consciousness actually merged with time and the universe mm. which basically turned him into an all-knowing all-powerful being that could do yeah. pretty much anything he yes. wanted Yes. So when you hear that, yes. what does that mean to you? That's, yeah. I, I mean, that's it's like a bodiless that's, entity mm-hmm. that knows everything that will happen. Omnipotence <laughs> is crazy. Like, we, we, we look at, like, Thanos' omnipotence. Wasn't even on full display in Infinity War or Endgame or any time that he was in the MCU. Um, yeah, that's an insane power to have. He's incredibly regardless. hard to rank, by the way, yes. because his limits are quite literally limitless unknown he's so nobody actually knows what kind of power this character holds because it hasn't been fully explored Mm -hmm. but that's kind of on the level where you don't really know where they can do anything with that in the mcu you have 
people in the MCU telling writing movies and writing comics is so different from each other. Yeah. In that regard, like with movies, you have to have a clear ending. You have to have a clear beginning. You have to have like this, like storytelling that makes sense in a two hour time frame or, you know, two and a half hour time frame. If it's like an end game or, you know, justice league event, it could be three hours, four hours, but like with a character like that, you cannot, you can't spend enough time on that to even drive home this fact that this dude is that powerful a little bit lower than these guys but worth bringing up adam adam like adam adam (laughs) a-t-u-m adam the primordial being yeah um man it's considered an elder god yeah and his title is god eater so I think he deserves a place here. He has to have a place. Um, what have we done so far? We've done Cathan. We've done... La- I would probably Force. put him above Cathan. Maybe above the Phoenix Force. He actually worked with Gaia to protect humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does... He, he has... He has yeah. a vesting interest. Mm-hmm. Um, he led the Egyptian gods as Ra at one point yeah um so he, he's quite i mean adam is a great name for somebody who can kind of shift yeah, <laughs> you know for sure is able to move like different actual, ways right back to kind of the higher levels um how about death lady mm. death now that's which is that's technically two separate things because death is not a physical being nope. but can portray themselves as physical to manipulate people mm-hmm. into adding more death to power them exactly um, for those that don't know, that was the original premise of the Infinity storyline was that Thanos was tempted by death and he, he wanted to court death. He wanted to be with her because death appeared to him as a woman Yes, that he was attracted to, which is very weird because like her portrayal in the comic was just like a cloaked skull. Right. So like, and but what, yeah, he was tempted. What could Thanos never do, no matter how many people appease he her. killed? He could never, he could never appease, her. appease her. He could never gain her why. love. And that's why. She wants more. She wants more. It powers her. Yep. He created all or of this stuff for her, like this massive, like, basically planet for them to live on that was like a throne and everything looked, you know, like it was made. It kind of looked like skulls, floating skulls in the space. It's kind of crazy. And yeah, you could never appease her what's really funny is like there's a line where like deadpool kind of does like death the embodiment of death kind of somewhat becomes attracted to deadpool (laughs) and thanos gets pissed and like smashes his head like he literally takes his hands like the hulk and squishes his head and just blows him up (laughs) because he's that mad about death not wanting thanos it's crazy it's hilarious but I would put death very pretty far, pretty, up, pretty, there. Pretty far up there. Yeah. I would say Just, below the top tier, but getting, yeah. getting close. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you know much about Amatsu Mikaboshi? It's one of the Japanese gods, kind of like a um, villain to Thor. It is. And it's so. somebody who actually at one point overtook the entire Mount Olympus um, mm-hmm. pantheon. Mm-hmm. That alone, up there. It's pretty impressive. Very, very far up there. And yeah. It's not someone I know a whole lot about, but 
when you're at that level of power, you deserve a mention on this list. For sure. We are starting to get into the top tier here. Okay. Eternity. It's probably like the most powerful of what we have so far. Absolutely. Eternity is crazy. Um, and eternity exists in the MCU technically because technically eternity is, is a, a real thing. thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> However, I will add this. This is kind of crazy too. When we talk about Thanos, like Thanos took over the embodiment of eternity in that story, which is just bonkers. Shows you how crazy he was, how powerful he was with the Infinity Gems in possession. And by the way, eternity is now more powerful than ever mm-hmm. because they are now multiversal eternity (laughs) yeah so eternity is an abstract thought it's not really like an a being powerful thing however even abstract things can have children um its kids are empathy entropy eulogy expediency epiphany enmity and eon so entropy is a interesting one by itself like that just what we know of entropy yeah in our universe is kind of yeah, that's interesting. Next on the list, Oblivion. Oof. That was a great game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Resides in the outer void. Yeah. Um, not something I'm that familiar with offhand, like off the top of my brain. Not very familiar with that. It's I another could, abstract being. Um, I would assume, yeah. And kind of along the same lines of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple other uh, death as well. These are all in the same vein of like beings that could do horrible, terrible things to the the time, you know, sphere, the the universe that we know. Um, but at the end of the day, they all kind of balance each other out. Kind of like Infinity Stones in a sense. Yeah, of, like, they're, they're kind of a yeah. a, a being abstract represents representation something of, of something that life. exists in yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Oblivion kind of gets to go along with the other ones that we've discussed so far. Uh, Next up. And I think to add to that, when you talk about Oblivion, Eternity, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. the crazy thing about those is no matter what, they'll always exist. Yes. So that's... They can't be destroyed. In itself, that's crazy. And even if they were somehow destroyed, something would take its place. Yeah. You can't get rid of the being itself. Yeah, there has to be something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next is Nemesis. Nemesis, my favorite Resident Evil villain. There you um, go. <laughs> um, this is another yeah. character that doesn't really have quantifiable power. No. But um, she has controlled all the Infinity Stones at one yeah. point. Yeah, crazy. I, I Talk about like people that like should just like not ever hold or wield that kind of power a like cosmic entity is probably a, a good place to start probably a good place to start i so mean yeah. thanos who's just a titan with the deviant gene right like basically became the fifth most powerful <laughs> character in all of marvel with the infinity stones and an argument yeah. for being higher yeah for sure i mean like i said he took over the embodiment of eternity itself oh. like he all of this crazy power within like moments so yeah so in a world where death and oblivion are trying to create as much death as possible, the half sister to eternity, mm-hmm. infinity does have its place helping stave off absolute disaster. Infinity. Now that's an interesting, like when we're talking about like math, <laughs> that's, 
what's the difference between eternity and infinity? Mm-hmm. If you guys are confused, good. Good. Stay in it's that place. You're supposed to be. You'll you'll figure out more. Is there <laughs> is there anything that pops to mind with infinity? Um not really. I mean, it's yeah. just the same kind of principle it's the same with eternity stuff. kind of like it's just uh she does fight alongside her brother and I think that's the most notorious thing about her. You don't see these ending. characters a lot in, no. the, in the comics. You just know that not they a exist. Need. Yeah. There's not really a need. But like I said, I mean, these are things that are Essentially, these are all kind of things that are just representations yeah. of life itself. And here's so. something you guys can take away. If we do see the quantum bands in the future, um, mm-hmm. she's actually the source of the quantum bands power. Yes. They can that's create wormholes and perform quantum jumps and things like that. There we go. Next up, the infinites. There's more of these crazy. More of these crazy. <laughs> They've only made a handful of appearances ever in series like Avengers Infinity and Avengers Forever. It's it's another another one of pocket. those weird like yeah. So it's kind of crazy because you get these writers, right? And they writing for Marvel or writing for DC or you know, you could plug in any kind of universe in in that vein or you know, like the Spawn universe if anything ever happened to Todd yes. McFarlane and he wasn't doing it. To write for some of these people, like I think a lot of people that are listening to this probably want to. They're like, "Oh my gosh, that's like a dream to write for Marvel." No, it's not <laughs> because there's stuff like this Good that luck. exists and there's things that have happened in the past. Like I could never write an X-Men anything because there's so much that's happened and there's so many things that have happened that like if you write this one little story about like Iceman or some weird character, like, oh, somebody's going to point out like, oh, that's wrong yeah. because this happened. And it's like some obscure title that like... Only a handful of people remember or, or know. So when the infinites were manifested into a comic, you want to know how they appeared? <laughs> a hand larger than the galaxy Oh, appeared. Okay. <laughs> you would see like the fine, you wouldn't even see anything. A hand. Like, like a hand. Larger than the galaxy. That's kind of a weird, <laughs> like... That's like how crazy is that? That's like Galactus appearing as a storm. <laughs> I mean, how else hand? can you do it? You that's know, crazy. It's so hard. That's crazy. Uh, okay, we're down to kind of a final few. Um, if few means four. Beyonder. Hmm. The, the Beyonder. Beyond- oh yeah, now that man, Beyonders are crazy powerful. We'll probably see them in the MCU. Beyonder can reshape reality. Yeah, we're uh. I think we kind of talked about that in um, our episode recently with the uh, incursions. We just like very little, tiny little bit, but like the Beyonders are basically a form of villain, form of a villain in the Hickman Avengers run. Um, his his powers are described as limitless psionic powers that yeah. can simulate virtually any power. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he he they exist in like a weird pocket oh, of like reality, so it's it's kind of like how the TVA exists on the outside of time yeah. or something like that. Like he they they kind of, the Beyonders exist in like this weird pocket reality that's not really there. If that makes sense, it's very weird. And then we have someone who has been referenced recently: the Living Tribunal. 
yeah. or someones, I should living say. Living tribunal. Now that is an interesting one. Uh, we've seen it being. We've seen like hints of the living tribunal probably like two or three times in like the last year. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, Loki. Um, so I'm I'm very curious to see how they even. If we get to see the Living Tribunal, you know what I mean? Like a full yeah, power, I, full like. It's a good question. And yeah. the, the three faces that represent equity, necessity, and revenge are very important stories moving forward. You talk about these TV mm-hmm. series. Uh, to be honest, those three things really encapsulate most of what the TV series have been about so far. Yes. Exactly. Equity, necessity, and revenge. Just take yourself through all these series and see how much. Um, the power has gone towards those three things. It's kind of fascinating. That's Loki summed up. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the uh, Captain America's new role, Equity, yeah. is a major part of his story. Mm-hmm. Revenge with WandaVision and mm-hmm. her own equity within ha- Why Can't I Have Kids? Mm-hmm. And all these. Th- I mean, it, his, his power is he can think about something and destroy a planet without doing anything. So Yeah. I mean, that's pretty... <laughs> It's, it's, like it's just, crazy. Like it's a fly. It's like, it, bye. See ya. Right. Uh, the fulcrum. Ooh, now the fulcrum, I have, I have like a memory of the name. Fulcrum. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's all knowing and all powerful. Like a fulcrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's actually kind of funny that you say that all knowing all, but like that's basically any God, right? all-knowing all-powerful like that's he's the all-knowing pure... and all-powerful of every god that mm-hmm. we've talked about before this except for one remaining that we will finish up with yeah so the fulcrum good... is somebody who basically there is no limits to his power unless the top god limits his power that is that right. is where we're at which is kind of crazy when you think about it because like when we talk about like um like creationism you have one being that's created everything and that's part of the reason why I don't like get down with creationism, but like one being created all of this chaos, but also all of this like crazy things to like counterbalance and counter shift. But they're all also beings that have their own will that have their own, like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's so freaking crazy. I just realized it. It's the, the fulcrum the is Bo point, Jackson like, and Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> Nothing can defeat Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl until no. the person playing the game shuts the game off. Right. You turn, that's turn it. off the fulcrum yeah. is Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl. I'm telling you, that's that's you can't stop them unless Mm-mm. somebody pulls the plug. Well, when you look at a fulcrum too, it's kind of like the point of balance, right? So like that makes sense that he's yeah th- at that point uh, as far as like goddom. Like he would be the one that's like above everybody else and has all of this n- uh, knowledge of all these other gods because it's implied in the name Fulcrum. So yeah, totally. That's probably why I remember that. If I remember anything, mm-hmm. it's just because of the name and this like symbolism of the name. And this final God is one that if you're a big Marvel fan, you're probably already aware of who would take this top spot. Um, talking about comics. If you're not a big comics fan, then you may be going, well, who the heck is more powerful than the, the all-knowing, all-powerful Bo Jackson? <laughs> okay? <laughs> right. Um, but the the most powerful being has been justified as the one above all. Mm-hmm. So 
the portrayal of one above all basically jack kirby is kind of the originator yeah of this concept and having a final comic strip kind of just lead into like a den Mm -hmm. with a person who has comic strips you know yeah (laughs) present how would you explain this Good One book. above all, I would explain it as, because we talked about God earlier, like mm-hmm. Yahweh God, like our God. I mean, that's actually a really good representation of what One Above All is. It kind of is, right? Because that's basically what God is. Like, <laughs> One Above All and God are kind of like the same thing. They're they're interchangeable because, yeah, it's the thing, the being that has created everything. And by everything, we mean, like, eternity, all of that stuff, infinity, fulcrum. It's the one that's that's entitled by the name, one above all. Like, it's literally everything. Now, the cool thing I'll add about the one above all, and if you've read, like, Immortal Hulk, you've seen this play out, and it's really interesting. There's a countermeasure to even the one above all, which is very weird. But there is the one below all which is like this like demonic sort of thing where you have like ties to Cathan, ties to Mephisto. It's like the dark version of the one above all, if that makes sense. So once again, it's like all of these gods exist. Even the cosmic entities, there are, there's a balance to everything. It's, it's like when we talk about like in, in Star Wars fandom, when you talk about the force and that there has to be a medium between there, there can't be the scales can't be tipped one way or the other. There has to be balance within the force. There's always with, with these gods, there's always a balance. So when you have a one above all, you think of it as like something that is just beyond powerful because of everything it's created. Everything that exists is basically because of the one above all, but then you have the one below all, which is the, counterbalance to that which is all of like the demonic and twisted and crazy and dark things that exist so it's basically yin yang like there's good there's bad there's balance so yeah where can you go from there the one above <laughs> i mean where as far as power level you don't go anywhere who, like that's it who's our <laughs> one you know like we were irrelevant so um this was an episode to try to help you guys familiarize yourself with some of the God levels that we're talking about. And as we get into more of the pantheons of the earth gods, know that there is so much more out there. Um, and if you really enjoy learning about all this, you know, seek out more information. We will, you know, absolutely talk more about things you're interested in hearing about related to the gods. But we felt like while we're entering into an era of gods, let's, Let's introduce both ourselves. We got to go back and, and do our research again um, and help introduce some of this, these thoughts into some other people that, um, you know, are in our community that just want just want to taste. You mm-hmm. know, don't give me absolutely everything about this character because I want to learn about it from the movies. But who am I even going to go to the movies and see? It's really great to know, um, you know, who's in this storyline and, yeah. and what they represent. So, um we really appreciate you guys being a part of this uh, community. And if you're enjoying the episodes, uh, please do like and subscribe and leave us a review. It helps us an awful lot. Uh, we've been getting a lot of cool reviews lately, so we we always appreciate that. 
the next episode that you will see is one covering Gore the God Butcher. And it's it's really fun that we get to talk about gods of the MCU and ones that will appear in the Thor Love and F- Thunder movie. And then our next episode is discussing Gore the God Butcher. I mean, <laughs> what what better um, you know episodic succession right. than than that? So we really appreciate appreciate you guys being fans. Uh, the Marvel Guys is a podcast done out of love. So we will see you next time. And I hope you guys talk to us on our Facebook page at the Marvel Guys Podcast. You've reached the end game of this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Marvel Guys podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Jordan and Spencer, check out themarvelguys.com, the Marvel Guys on Twitter, and the Marvel Guys podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.